Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. I love to sing. Singing is living to me. The last one to blame them when everything's wrong. It's such a one-sided game. They play, but women are working that way. Tell her she's a fool. She'll say yes, I know. When I love it so, and that's how it goes. When a woman loves a man. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Paul Lisnick Behind the Curtain, my chance to step away from the world of politics I cover on television and go to the world of theater, and especially great theater and shows going on here in the Chicago area. One of the best is playing right now at the Venus Cabaret at the Mercury Theater up on Southport in the city. Not one of those downtown theaters, but one of those really cozy and intimate theaters up north. And this is a show you want to see in that way. The show is called Lady Day at Emerson's Bar and Grill. And it is starring, I think, one of the best actresses in our city, Alexis J. Rostin, who's not only the star of the show, but a co-director of this show with Christopher Chase Carter. Alexis, good to see you. Congratulations on this great production. Hey, thank you, Paul. It's good to see you as well. Thanks for having me. So is that, you know, typically you'd be the star, but not a director. Um, how did how did Christopher, how did that happen where you all decided let's direct this together? Is it because it's a one-woman show, which it is on the life of Billie Holiday? Yeah, I, you know, I've done it six times now. So um, Chris just happens to be a friend of mine. He approached me about doing the show again, and I asked him as my friend, why? Why would I want to do it again? This is like production number three in Chicago, you know, number six, you know, like in the, in the country. So why would I want to do it again? And so we figured out that maybe this time around, I would get more say so. And so that's how co-direction came up on the table um, because I've done it so many times. That of course, there are things that I possibly wanted to add that I may not have been able to do because it wasn't necessarily my vision, per se, as the director. So now I get to have some say so on what it so looks like. And I'd love to find out what specific input that was. But first, for viewers who have not, or listeners who have not seen, ever seen the show Lady Day, I have to be honest, I saw it on Broadway with Audra McDonald uh, uh-huh. years ago. So tell us what this show is all about. So this is uh, the, uh, it's a fictional account, but it's based on a true account mm-hmm. of the last performance of Billie Holiday's in the year that she passed, about four months before she passed at a, a little bar in Philly. And uh, if you know anything about Billy, you know that Philly is a place where her cabaret card was taken from her. And um, her cabaret card is the thing that she needed to be able to play in the clubs uh, in New York, especially. And um, this is her swan song, as someone likes to call it, <laughs> in one of the reviews. Um, but it's a very candid intimate night with Billy. You get to hear her music. You get to hear her uh, her her uh, concerts. But you also hear lots about her life stories, her background, how she came to be Billie Holiday. Um, uh, the turmoil that we 
we hear she did drugs and she drank a lot and she we hear all those things, but we don't hear maybe possibly why. We don't hear the why of it all. Um, and we don't get to hear always the backstory of this iconic figure who changed the world of jazz. So what I love what about this is I, I was familiar with Billie Holiday and, and I'm sure a lot of people, certainly people of my generation are familiar with Billie Holiday. But I love the fact that if you've never heard of Billie Holiday and you just say, I want to check out this show, um, you you get a lesson in jazz, a lesson in blues that that you need to have. I would say so, because, yeah, you know, influences on Billy were like Louis Armstrong and Bessie Smith, right? Bessie is blues all day, baby. And so um, you get to hear a little bit about how that came to play, who she played with, um, Artie Shaw, you know, uh, people that gave her a chance that um, she went through a lot of bad experience with these people. But these people in particular were friends to her. They were pals. And you get to learn um, how she navigated through uh, these tumultuous times with joy because singing was joy for her. You know, all she ever wanted to do was sing and have babies and have a nice home. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she didn't get the life that she wanted, but yeah. uh, but we get that story. You know, I, I told I saw you opening night and I, I said this to you after the show, but if ever I've seen anybody with all due respect to Audrey McDonald, who did a phenomenal job, of course. But mm-hmm. if ever I've seen anybody who sort of channeled Billie Holiday, I mean, your voice, I've heard you sing. I've, I've, you've sung a song for me once, as, as you know, for Portslight Music Theater. But I got to tell you, you channel that voice. It's almost, it's not imitation. It's, it's like you become Billie Holiday. Talk to me about how that happens. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I remember the first time uh, out, which was, 10 years ago with Porchlight. And uh, when Rob asked me to audition, I said, Rob, I sound nothing like her. This is not a thing. Like, stop it right now. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's good to have friends that have faith in you and believe in you. And so Rob said, no, 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 no. I believe you can do this. So I said, okay. I sat with this music for about two weeks. And after about two weeks, I had a semblance of her sound, right? Not, I I don't, to me, I don't sound like I don't sound like her, but I sound like her. You know, it's so weird. I think you, I think you do, but maybe it's just because you have so many of the affectations, so many of what goes on that maybe I, maybe I'm even hearing a more perfect voice than maybe there really is. I don't know, but, (laughs) but but I think the audience sure buys it. I'll tell you that. They do. I remember, um, you know, the first time out, I could see the faces of the people in the first couple of roles and they'd have their eyes closed. And I'm like, this is live theater. I can see you. <laughs> I know you didn't just go to sleep on my show, but it was because they were tr- they were listening because they thought maybe the audio is playing a track of Billy's as opposed to me singing it. I had to learn that because people actually stayed to tell me afterwards that that's what they were experiencing. But at first I was so offended. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? You can't even <laughs> go to sleep on my show. No, but yeah. Yeah, it was actually, it's a compliment is what it is. Exactly. But yeah, I just really studied the nuances and and tried to uh, get it as close as I could within my uh, vocal parameters. And the thing is, so here's the thing, for for actors who have egos, I guess we all do, but for actors who have egos, you know, you'd want to be on the Cadillac Palace stage and performing this in front of 8 million people and, and do it, put me in Wrigley Field, let me kind of feel that, whatever. This show can't work that way. And here's the thing. Just watching you do this performance, seeing you afterwards, I feel as though you wouldn't be anywhere else 
except the intimate environment of that Venus Cabaret in the Mercury Theater? I enjoy it. I think it's one of the better uh, performances I've given of this show, um, to be honest. I did have, like I said, a lot of say-so in this production, and I wanted to be able to get in the audience. I wanted to be able to uh, interact more with uh, the people in the place. It's It was a dive bar, you know? And so when you think about a dive bar, you don't think about so much separation between artists and uh, and an audience. Yeah. So I, I wanted to have more of an intimate feel. And I just think it works better that way because that's that was the initial setup to begin that's with. That's probably the way she performed as well and what she was exactly. in front of. And so, okay, so we, we know the show. And as you said, in this co-director role, you've you've had a lot of influence. Um, so can you, can you just give me just an example of something you said, here's what wasn't there. And I said to Chris, I'm, we need to do this. Um, uh, there was an opportunity to place some other songs in a different area of the of the spot, you know. Oh, and you can that, do that with a script. You you don't need playwright permission and stuff. Mm-mm. Okay. I don't need any permission to do that. Um, so it, it was just me being able to utilize. There's another the little stage, and there's something in the script that says uh, "big bar, little bar." So there's kind of like this delineation of this space and that space. So I I chose to use that to my advantage. In and in fact, and there is a scene, there's you, there's one number. I don't want to give too much away here, let people see it, but but you do walk to a different, right, you walk to a different space, yeah. but the thing is, that space represents, it's not this random walk. No, no, it's not a random thing. It's also me personalizing my relationship with the owner. You know, I speak in there about Emerson, you know, and so creating a camaraderie that um, I hadn't had before in any mm-hmm. other productions. Um, I utilize uh, Emerson, as we call him, which is my bartender. <laughs> right. And, yeah, in the show. And I want to do a shout out too to Nigel Robinson, who who plays the character Jimmy, but Absolutely. he but he's also the musical director and conductor. So I'm sort of curious. Did you? I don't know how long you've known him, but was it? Did you sort of say, "Look, Nigel, you need to be an actor," and so you're going to do that on top of this, or was he already an actor? You know what I'm saying? Is because I mean, a lot of people who are musicians, they're musicians, but they're like, mm-hmm. "I'm not an actor." Yeah, um, um, Nigel comes with a lot of charisma. Uh, a lot of musicians have, and so it was just a matter of saying, "Hey, Nigel, this is where we need to connect. This is a story we're telling." Um, this is, um, where I'm coming from with all the productions, right? Under my belt. I know he has like, this is his fourth of Lady Day. Um, so we just had to meld them together, you know, collaborate and make sure that we were telling the story that we wanted to tell in this season for Billy. There's, there's one moment in the state. Look, I'm all about animals and pets and stuff. I won't give again, let, let people kind of enjoy without giving (laughs) too much weight, but let's just say there are many performers who are told never perform with kids, never perform with animals, that kind of stuff. What was your thought about a scene that happens to involve an animal who I got to play with after the show? (laughs) Uh, I, I requested it. Um, I, this is my, like I said, six production. I've only had two. This one and the previous one where I had uh, an animal with me, but it's in a script and I've always wanted the animal with me. Um, Billy loved her dogs. So it just made sense that, you know, if you could feature one of her pets, that you would. 
So, and okay, so you I did you said it, I didn't. So we, we we get a dog. And by the way, at first I thought, well, maybe it's your dog, whatever. It's actually like a performing dog. It's somebody else's dog. It's somebody else's dog who just happens to be a friend of mine. And um, you know, when it was time to I said, Hey, Walter Eugene, who are the producers over at Mercury, yeah. I really gotta have this animal, right? So they scouted out for me and uh, it happened to be my friend's dog. <laughs> and, and is it the same dog every night? Every night. And my friend also has another dog whose name is Pepe. And Pepe is the is the understudy. So Peanut <laughs> is my is my Pepe, right? And then Pepe is the understudy for Pepe. Now, and you have to know as a performer, the dog's not with you all that long, but for those moments, you know that the dog lovers in the audience are kind of getting wrapped into that, right? Of course. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, hey, it, give them all the bells and whistles if you can give it to them. There you go. Yeah. So as I said, for some people who may not know Billie Holiday, and I went with, with somebody who I was not as familiar with Billie Holiday, but but did know the song. So it's kind of like, oh, that's Billie Holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what's so important. People know more about Billie Holiday than they think they know. Right. Exactly. Um, so what, Billie- do, you have, do you have favorite songs that you perform? Are there certain ones that are just, you know, you know, everybody knows? Or do you prefer singing maybe the lesser known numbers? You know, the very first number is my favorite song in the entire show um it's so sultry and it's rich and it's one of those songs it's a love song but it's a heartbreaking love song and not quite sure why it is the song that starts the show honestly um but what i have always told myself is that billy felt she sang how she felt right and in the moment she doesn't even really want to perform right now, right? So right. instead of being told that she's gonna come in here and sing them their eyes, she she comes in and sings that she wants to sing, you know, and she's she wants to she wants to go have a little uh, hey how you doing, you know, she right. wants to have a little fun, and but I, she has to work, and so this is her heartbreak in a song to start. And people the show. should know. So there's no intermission. In the show it goes. I think it's about ninety minutes, right? And it goes with no yeah. intermission. But here's the thing. People may think, I'm sorry, we have barking dogs here, but, but, but people may think there's an intermission because we're led to believe there's an intermission. Mm-hmm. There isn't. And I just want to say that for people who think they're going to get up and go do something, don't do it <laughs> because you miss some important stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's so much. It's straight through 90. I mean, from the time I enter straight on through, it is, it is the show. And if you're good, if you're sweet and kind to me, you get an encore. So. Um, that's also one of my favorite numbers too, but I won't tell you what that is. If you haven't we'll, seen the show, we'll, we'll let people see it. And by the way, you are not only a performer and director, but I, I didn't even know this about you, but you are a costumer, a playwright. <laughs> so I guess that's why when you sort of looked at the script, the playwright party, you had some thoughts and, and the costumes, I don't think you had a design role in this. Did you? Oh, I, I did not necessarily. I mean, of course, you get a, your designer has to run everything by you. Samantha Jones, uh, is the costume designer for this show. Um, but this particular production, I wanted to make sure that Billy looked like a, just a diamond, right? I wanted her to be glitz and glamour in, in, in what was supposed to be kind of like this dive bar, right? Mm-hmm. She's the diamond in the rough to me. And um, that, so I think that we pretty much conveyed that um, in in this in this new iteration. Oh, it did, and just and the the way the gardenia shows up and all that kind of thing, it's just so well done. Look, you played a lot of. I've seen you in a lot of shows, Sister Act, 
Porgy and Bess, where you were best, which makes sense. You weren't going to be Porgy. Well, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Lynn Manuel, my cast just Porgy these days. I don't even know anymore. But, uh, yeah, no. but <laughs> Mary Poppins, Shrek, Wiz, The Wiz, Rad Time, you were Sarah. I do remember that it was so amazing. Here's the thing that none of those are one woman shows. All of those count on a cast and an ensemble and whatever. Talk about the difference as much as you have done some amazing performances in other shows. This challenge has to be different from all of those. It gives me anxiety every single time I do it. <laughs> you know, I know it looks like people always say, oh, God, you make it look so effortless. Um, I think that I die a little bit every day when I do it. But what the joy that I get from, um, one, carrying on a legacy um, of Billie Holiday, this iconic jazz vocalist um, that has gone on before us, the, the joy I get from being able to pass her down from generation to generation but I get over the anxiety of it all, you know, that is that is a rich reward. And when you think about the influence that she has had and she's still influencing. When we think about like Macy Gray and um, Erica Badu, um, Andrew Day, who played Billy in the in uh, Billy Holiday versus the United States of America. Um, these artists, Ari Lennox, she's another one. They all have this Billy sound to them. Yeah. And I am so pleased like to hear that coming down the years because it was unique sound. You know, it was just so uh, uh, st- it's a stylistic thing. And I, I just I enjoy it. I'm glad to know that they have tapped into it. When did you tap into Billie Holiday? I mean, I, look, you're an artist. You've been an artist your whole life and whatever. But did you grow up? Did your parents play it? I mean, how, how did Billie Holiday come into your world? Uh, my dad he uh, was a jazz trumpeter when he was in the Air Air oh, uh, wow. Air Force. And um, so he loved jazz. And, and when I was growing up, that's all we listened to was, well, I won't say all, because we listened to the, all the greats. We listened to like Miles Davis and Coltrane and um, uh, Stevie and uh, um, Aretha, like uh, rhythm and blues, gospel. We had everything going up. But my dad was so much into jazz, you know, so I, I did have have all the Ella and the Billy and the the Louie and the, I just had it all, you know? And um, so that was my introduction as a kid, like a little bitty kid. Did, were you, yeah. by the way, you know, they're making a Broadway musical on Louis Armstrong now. I just heard about this. Come, and it's, Probably as, within a week. As every good show does, it's going to start here in Chicago in October before it gets to Broadway. So that's yeah. another one. I think you and I will probably both be at for sure. Um, Absolutely. But I'm getting a sense, and again, in order to appreciate this, and the reason I thought of Louis was because I grew up, I was a huge Louis Armstrong fan, even as a little kid. I always felt I was 40 when I was 10. Um, <laughs> and I saw Louis Armstrong. I grew up in Skokie and the Old Orchard Shopping Center, which used to be a lot better than it is now. Um, they used to do outdoor, outdoor concerts. And Louis Armstrong, Duke Ellington, they performed there live. And you would get to meet them afterwards. Anyway, yeah. my point is, wow. were, were, are you an old soul? Were you 40 when you were 10? I think so, because I, 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 I'm probably 90 right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's just the nightly show going at you. I mean, that's, you know. Honestly, I have always been an old soul. You know, it's the weirdest thing. Uh, my friends all call me mom. You know, I'm the second oldest in the group. Mm. So that means the oldest and everybody else who's within a year's time of me calls me mom. I'm the mother of the group. <laughs> so, yeah, I have always been like the old soul. You know, my friends would come over to my house and I'd be the one cooking for everybody in high school, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. 
I was I was I wanted to take care of people, so I guess so. And in that respect, I think I'm like Billy because that's what I read about her, is that she she was an old soul. She had a big heart and she loved hard, you know. And if you were her friend, she wouldn't. It was nothing she wouldn't do for you. And, and I, I don't mean that. I don't mean this to be a personal question. I mean it, it, it is, but uh, w- there's so much made in the show of the relationship between Billy and her mother and how yeah. she beloved her mother did what connection did that have for you and and your growing up your mom all that i mean is there a connection there or just very different for billy's or complete stark opposite my mom and i are like this i mean we are super close um we she she always knew she just always saw stardom (laughs) she called me star baby that was like a nickname star baby it's better than her calling your mother is (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely is. <laughs> so um, I think she she did everything she could to like put me in piano, dance, music, anything, you know, that was arts related. I think I did it, you know, from very little age on on, on up, you know, until I got to a place where she could really see that. Yeah, that's this is her thing. This is where she thrives. The show is only presented um, three nights a week. It's Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. And that may have more to do with the scheduling of the Venus Cabaret and Mercury and all that, but I because you're actually going to be playing in tandem with the uh, um, Stevie Wonder show, um, mm-hmm. which will open. I mean, we're recording this before that's going to happen, but but when we're talking, it's going to open later this week, and I'll be there in case you are as well. Me um, too. Uh, so, so out of, out of curiosity, is this? I mean, would you could you do this show eight times a week? I, I you know in the Tina Turner show, I interviewed those actors, and they do four shows each because they can't. It's just tough. I can imagine. Um, yeah, I don't know. Have I done this eight shows? I, I have done it eight shows a week. Okay. Um, so yeah, I guess I, I guess I could. I'm thankful that I don't have to. Um, it's not easy. Um, I do have to put an effect on my own voice to do this, and that is there. There is difficulty in that, you know. Um, and you know, you see, I'm not gussied up. I'm normally pretty pulled together, but I decided to always pull together. Thank you, Paul. But today was rough on me because um, I've been under the weather. And so um, I've been having, I had to do this past weekend of shows under the weather. Um, Thankfully, nobody could tell it. Uh, I got reports. They've said everything was wonderful. They thought it was some of my best work even. So I'm I'm, probably because if you get a little cold, it makes you sound more like Billy anyway. Hey, Exactly. I figured, I said, well, maybe that's what it is. I even sound more like her then. You know, the other thing I think that that's amazing, and it's been a while since I had seen the show, and I wanted to remind myself how this happened and watching you help me do it. You know, yes, we see Billy undergo this transition. Um because at the beginning of the show, I mean, she's she's troubled all the way through, but but she goes through a transition throughout the show. And what you have to have happen in 90 minutes, I'm sure in the course of Billy Holiday's life took a series of years for, for that to take place. How conscious were you, are you, and is and how do you do that? How do you say, I got to take this kind of downfall of Billie Holiday in her personal life, take it, it happened over years, but I got to make it happen in 90 minutes. <laughs> um, and, and it's not like you don't do this by saying lights off, okay, folks, it's three years later. This is all the same night. It is all the same night. It is literally me taking the time to chart out where in the show she is, you know? So I imagine she, she came in at this stage in her life. I I imagine she always needed something. You know what I mean? She's now, she's an addict addict. 
So as far as um, me marking out every single moment where I knew there needed to be a transition, um, I, I did exactly that. I went through and I said, okay, for addicts, they have to have X amount of time from one hit to another hit, right? And in my in my script, I beat out what that would look like for a 90-minute show, how far she would have to be if she was drinking, because I know what it means to be drunk, and what it would mean if she was high. Now, I have never done heroin. Um, I've done a lot of research on it, and I use my research plus knowing what it felt like to be drunk or even uh, on a cannabis, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I knew what that felt like. So um, I took I took those things and I placed them strategically in the fiber of the text. So, so I you actually my- have you have moments, you know, when this transition is going to happen, when this is going to happen. Yeah. And there are stories that she tells that automatically put you there. Um, uh, they tug on your heartstrings in a way that they are downers. You know, if you think of some of your life experiences as uppers or downers, you know, mm-hmm. um, there are moments that, that that's how I look at the show and the text. Sometimes some of this text is upper and some of this text is downer. And so I have made it my business to chart that out so that you guys can have a, a full ride with me. You know, when, when shows are getting ready to, you know, they're in rehearsal process and all of that, and you're doing table reads and, um, you know, maybe, maybe the dramaturge is helping people understand the relationships between the characters. So once again, I come back to this challenge of a one woman show, um, because all you got to do is talk to yourself. Uh, but, but I know Chris and other people are involved, but I'm just sort of curious, how do you, you, an actor learns a lot when they talk to other characters that are part of their lives. To, to, to help fulfill who they are. Did you have to talk to, 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 to Nigel as Jimmy? I mean, was there an interaction with the band or was it, no, I'm Billy. The band is the band. They're separate. How did that happen? Oh, the, uh, she couldn't do any of this if it wasn't for the people around her. Um, she had to have at least somebody. Jimmy is uh, uh, codependent, <laughs> like he's dependent on her for the gig, and she's dependent on him to help her get through the gig. You know what I mean? Um, the musicians are there to aid in a bed as well. Um, I have the good pleasure of working with um, Mr. Harold on the drums behind me, and he's. We have a substantial number of years betwixt us, and so I love that the information that. I'm giving out as Billy Holiday. Uh, it hits him different, you know what I mean? Because he's mm-hmm. from a different generation, and it feeds the 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 Billy. You know, it, it feeds the character, and so there's interaction there. And then um, Jeff is probably my age, the bass player. He's somewhere around my age. Nigel's a little younger than me, um, but we all bring to it a, a kind of we, we're codependent on each other. And they all call you mom storytelling. They better not. <laughs> <laughs> and not I, at all. When I'm curious, are you Billy from the moment you become Billy till you're, what I mean by that is if, if let's say you're, you're on stage pretty much the whole show, there's only a moment. And even when you're off stage, you're kind of on, but we'll let the audience see that and experience that. But, but I'm sure there are moments when we, we just moments we don't see you. 
if somebody came up to you backstage or something and, and you know, is it sort of like a, Hey, Alexis, you want me to get you a burger when this show is over? Oh yeah. Get me a burger. Or are you Billy 100% so that, you know, do not call me like I am Billy. How, how consumed with her are you? And when does it end? And when did it start? So the night. truth of the matter is it's interchangeable. Like sometimes I'm thinking I'm responding as Alexis, but I am responding as Billy. <laughs> um, somebody spoke to me the other day um, as I'm entering. Now, naturally, I should be in character, but it was a friend of mine. You know, I did speak to them as Billy, but I didn't even do it. I didn't. I, it just was natural. You know what I mean? It just naturally happened that way. Kelvin said that I would come home and Kevin, I your husband, still, also a performer, off doing the whiz right now. Yeah, he'd say I'd come home and I'd still be. Billy, and he'd be like, okay, can, can you turn Billy off now? And <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I guess when I'm playing her, I do see similarities between my my personality and, and the persona of this woman that I'm playing. So maybe that is sometimes um, where the gray area comes in. But mostly when I'm at that theater, um, from the time it's like places to uh, the encore, I'm, I'm Billy. And because of the intimacy of the show, and it is set up as a bar, as a cab, where a table for four, and there's a bar back there, and you're drinking. It's so great. They even encourage you to get drinks during the show, which nobody, when I saw it, got up and went back there, which you shouldn't. But okay. Um, but my question is, have you ever had, because you do play it like this, is this show in a bar, you must on some nights have people shout something out at you and, and, and or, you know, and nicely, whatever they're shouting out. But, and if they do, do you, hey, you're not in the script, I can't deal with it, or do you deal with it? What do you do? Oh, it depends on what it is. Um, I do know that somebody asked for my dog. <laughs> I said, no. <laughs> Wait, but you know, before the before the dog, or what, when did that happen? What do you mean? This was in the, we were uh, in the middle of the show and I was <laughs> telling everybody like, this is my dog, Peppy, you know, this is my pal. And, and somebody was like, can I have him? No, you may not. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they were just funning with you, but at the same time, they should be shutting up because this is an actual show. Yeah, you know, but it doesn't <laughs> bother me. Now, I've had some, some not so great experiences where people heckled me, um, uh, they did not necessarily understand the that it was a show. I, I don't know what they understood, to be honest. Um, I had people that walked out before thinking that I actually was high and that told the house management, hey, I don't appreciate that you allow your artist to come on stage high like that and walked out. I've had people tell. Well, by the way, um, that happens to be a great compliment. I love it. I love right? it. I mean, let's, let's be, that's a great compliment. You pulled it off. <laughs> I love that. Uh, but you know, at the same time, it's like, it is Billie Holiday and all you have to do is a little bit, a little bit of research um, to know who this artist was and what she uh, was about. Um, but yeah, I've had instances where they wrote to um, the artistic director that they would cancel subscriptions because of the language of the piece. Um, um, I had people call out set lists to me before. Um, yeah, it's always different. But I did in this iteration, I wanted to have the setting of a bar. I just want, I didn't want them to have to stop bar service, um, uh, which as the artist on stage is distracting at times. But wow. I asked for it. 
And so I worked through it. You know? I think it's amazing. I kind of like, I mean, because you have this down to such perfection, I almost would love to be there at night when somebody, I don't know if heckle's the right word because that's just wrong for anybody to do that. But where somebody is so wrapped up in your performance that they, they say something and they do something, but they, they're, they're well-intentioned. They, they, you know, they're just, they've just captured by you when they say something, because I just think you are so Billy that I, I bet you'd handle it as Billy Holiday would have. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm I'm right here with sometimes I bother them like I'd screw the top on my bottle too tight sometimes. So I ask, hey, excuse me, oh, okay. I, you know, I bother them and ask them to help me in oh, my good. show. I like yeah, that. I just, I well, just want I'll, to be able I'll, to have fun. I'll come back. It's probably me. You'll know it's me because I'm going to ask for the dog. Okay. And I'm going <laughs> to tell you, no, you may not. <laughs> not have that. You can meet him after the show. Um. Right now, Lady Date Emerson's Bar and Grill is playing through March 26th. That's the date I have. Is that the date you have? That's the date I have. Might be extension. I can't imagine there that it wouldn't dem- command the extension, but or does your schedule not allow it, or we just don't know? Oh, we just don't know. But that's okay. the date I have currently. Yeah. Okay. So, well, here's the thing. If they if that gets extended, and I sure hope it will. I'm only bringing it up because I think it will. If, it, if it, oh, the, the the cabaret may be booked, I have no idea about that. But but if there's the freedom to do it, I'm sure they will. And what I'll be able to do is go on our webpage and modify the date there so that uh, people who are watching us now, hey, maybe it's a different date. But for now, you have until March 26th. And you can get tickets at mercurytheaterchicago.com or call and uh, talk to Walter. No, I'm kidding. Uh, MarguerityTheaterChicago.com. Are Walter and Eugene, are you not as thrilled as I am that they kept that? I mean, the pandemic almost shut them down and they made it. I'm so grateful for that. I mean, hey, I opened their season with them with Sister Act. So, yeah, and now I'm back again. So I'm very grateful for them still being up and running. Those are my friends. I started out with them. When I first got back home in Chicago, way back when Ragtime was my first show with them when they were over porch light. So that's yeah, right. we have a long I, and I history. Saw it. And this, by the way, let's not talk about Ragtime. The sound of that show, I'll never forget that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, how that filled the theater. And and uh, I remember telling him then I was blown. That may have been one of the first shows I saw at porch light. I'm not sure, but it blew me away. Mm-hmm. Um and you as Sarah, you were just amazing. I still remember that. Um, but I ain't worried about that. I'm worried about people going to see you in, as Lady Day, Billy Holiday, at Emerson's <laughs> Bar and Grill. Come one, come all. You will not be disappointed. It is powerful. It is intense. And you know what? If you actually think that Alexis is high and whatever on stage, good. She's doing her job uh, because she is anything but. Uh, tickets again at mercurytheaterchicago.com. Uh, thank you. I, I know you've been under the weather, and I, I just thank you for spending so much time with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for dealing with all his face and his snotty nose. <laughs> Alexis J. Rostin, you're fantastic. You give my love to your husband, Kevin, as I well. I sure will. I and will. Thank we'll you. We'll see you again. You break a leg every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, if you want to know more about what we've talked about here, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Paul Lisnick. That's P-A-U-L-L-I-S-N-E-K. And I'd love to hear your comments or topic suggestions for future podcasts. You can also go to my website, paullisnick.tv. And hey, don't forget to hit subscribe on WGN Plus and iTunes. And tune in each week to hear more Insider Scoop coming to you from behind the curtain.